for the week of January 9th. This is Mojo Weekly. I'm John. Hurry up, or you'll be late for your own wedding. It's me. It's Jash. What's that from? Fantasy Star on uh, Fantasy Star 3. Damn it. Uh, Fantasy Star 3. I thought that is always considered to be the lesser of the OG series. It is. It yeah. is. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of people kind of look down on it. And I, I honestly have never played through it. So I think it's long. It's super, super long and, and pretty not very Fantasy Star Fantasy Star like. That's that's a thing. But, My favorite was always four. Oh, four is gorgeous. Yes. I, re- I rented that from Lincoln Video for like a month. I probably paid That's amazing. paid enough in rental fees to pay for the game, but anyway, let's That's do hilarious. the news. Let's do the news. Yeah, Josh, uh, Sony had a press conference and announced their. Uh, well, I gave more details on their next VR headset, which is going to be called. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. PlayStation VR Two. Jesus Christ! Really? <laughs> yeah. That's it. Oh, geez. I didn't even know that. That's hilarious. <laughs> PlayStation PS VR 2. Yeah. Huh. Uh, they, they, they had this announcement on Tuesday evening. They did not give a launch date or window, uh, but they said it will use headset-based controller check tracking, which abandons the need for the PlayStation camera. Yay. I like that. Nice. Uh, The headset will use embedded cameras to reflect the wearer's movements and field of view in-game. Those will combine with headset feedback and 3D audio to amplify the in-world experience. So here's a quote from them. Uh, Headset feedback is a new sensory feature that amplifies the sensations of in-game interactions from the player. It's created by a single built-in motor with vibrations that add an intelligent tactile element. So your head's going to be vibrating, Mm. Josh. Dude, that sounds amazing. (laughs) I'm Uh, excited. um, As an example, it said that players can feel a character's elevated pulse during tense moments or perceive objects whizzing by their heads. Uh, additionally, wow. PS5's Tempest 3D audio tech makes the sounds in the player's surroundings come alive, adding this new level of immersion. The eye tracking, mm. they've also got eye tracking, Josh, uh, meaning that uh, looking in a different direction without turning your head can create an additional input for the game char- game's character. This allows, Dear Lord. This allows players to interact more intuitively in new and lifelike ways. So if you want to look to the right, you don't have to turn your head to the right, right? You can just look to the right and be like, oh, what's over there, right? Oh, man, that's pretty crazy. Also announced at this same uh, event, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Uh, It's a VR game being developed by Gorilla and Sony's newly acquired Fire Sprite Studios. And they are the makers of the Playroom series for the PS4 and VR. So that's a good pedigree. Right on. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, Nice. The game will use the new PlayStation VR 2 Sense controllers, uh, along with the new sensory features that the headset can deliver to provide more lifelike and immersive feeling of playing virtual reality games, Sony said. So, Josh, you are a PlayStation 5 owner. You are an Oculus Quest 1 owner, right? Correct, yep. Uh, And uh, how likely are you to buy uh, PlayStation VR 2? Assuming assuming that at least the same level of quality games are there that were there on the first unit. 
Well, okay. I'd assume it'd be that and probably more. Yeah, um, right. But you there's know, two rel- things you didn't relatively mention. Relatively speaking, I would say relatively sure. speaking, right? Sure. There's two things you didn't mention. Well, three things technically. One, um, will it have connectivity to my flashlight? We don't know. Hopefully, two, fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully. Two, do you? What's the price? And three, is do I? Am I required to connect it to my PS5? Yeah, yeah. It's going to have a one wire connection to the front. Uh, that USB C port in your front. It'll be a one wire connection. It will not have the breakout box uh, like the PS4 VR. It'll just be a that's a good thing. Connection. Um, and but there will be a wire connected to you then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Why can't they shed? Why can't they shed that? Why? Why am I able to play with my Oculus on a PC using like whatever it is, uh, Google's thing? They have a shit. What's it called? I don't even remember. Chrome, Chrome, like Chromium or whatever it is. Like you can yeah. you can literally connect to your TV that way, and people can watch you doing that. I don't understand. Why there still has to be a connection? Like why um, it has to be connected? I would say because, and, and this Processing, is just me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is me just pulling stuff hmm. out of my ass and not, you know, I could be completely wrong, but that is outputting to your Chromecast. Yeah. That is not inputting a game into the headset, right? From right. the PS5. The PS5 is doing all the processing power, I would imagine, right? And then it's sending the signal to the VR. Right. Yeah. As for Oculus, it's all self-contained in one thing, but you can cast it out. Yeah. Chromecast. That'd be my guess. Yeah, that's that is true. The the Oculus also can connect to PCs to kind of use those. Um, there's there's stronger Oculus games that were only available on the connectivity version that you have to have a PC processing it for. Um, gotcha. but it, even that though, it still passes the game like cloud cloud wise back to the to the Oculus without a wire. So it's kind of yeah. like, huh. Interesting. Oh well, I mean. Prices depending. Sure. I, I think I, I get, I did get a chance to tinker around with the Oculus two. My son got it for Christmas. So now we, we have the Oculus one and two in the family. Um, it is really light. That's the yeah. biggest thing about it is it's so much lighter than the original Oculus. I, I liked the original Oculus, but now that I've played it too, it's like going back to that. It's like, Oh, that forehead holding it down. It's like a pound on your face yeah. and your neck. The way it feels when you're rolling around. So that I, I, you know, it almost be something I'd want to demo first to see how heavy it is, how, how, you know, what it's going to be like. And it, one wire is still different than no wires. So sure we'll uh, see. Josh, you can come to my house and demo it because I'll be getting it at launch because I'm a sucker. How much is it? No idea. How much know. you pay? Oh. What if it's like $1,400 or something? Well, then I'm not getting it at launch. See, there you go. <laughs> if it's comparable to the original PlayStation VR, I'll be getting it. What, um, what was that? I believe it was. I actually don't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, Josh, uh, there was a fourth question they didn't answer. And that was, oh, shit. Okay. will it be backwards compatible with PSVR games? I, I, well, you'd assume I'm, I'm so. I'm assuming but so. Um, you never know. It's a good question. Yeah. Because uh, I'm going to be super pissed if it's not, because I don't want to keep a second headset around anytime I want to bust out ResVR. Right. You know? Yeah, true. All right. So anyway, next up, E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, will once again be online only in 2022, surprising no one. Uh, They said uh, Thursday that it's returning to a digital E3 format, and here's their quote, due to the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 and its potential impacts on the safety of exhibitors and attendees, they did not detail any of the new plans for this year's event, only saying that more details are coming soon. Um, Okay, this is all well and good, Josh. The first thing I thought of, though, 
when I saw this announcement was, hmm, it's January. January, well, this was January 6th when they announced it. Sure. Last year, 2021, they did E3 in person. Yep. E3 is not until typically early June. This seems like a a good way out to get out of doing it live. Like it seems like it seems like six months in advance you're going to announce this. Uh, and then I was uh, perusing Twitter, and I forget his name. I'll see if I can find it. But uh, a journalist was like, "Yeah, this is spin." Uh, I heard hmm. this journalist. He's like, "I heard like over a month ago that they were already not renewing." Oh, here's what he says. It's Mike Futter. He says, this is spin. I heard from sources in mid-November before Omicron's emergence at the end of that month that the ECA had already abandoned their their uh, dates for the L.A. Convention Center. Wow. Yeah. So. Huh. Well, I was going to I was going to almost kind of back E3 on this, but that is interesting spin. Um, If they're. Yeah. Who knows? Right. I know it's been falling kind of from its graces the last few years. Um. And, and and issues are arising with the just is it profitable? Who knows, right? Yeah. Companies b- bailing on it left and right. So you know what's there left to do? Um, and an online event sure does uh, put a bandaid on that for another year, so they can potentially maybe do it in twenty twenty three again. But like there are some serious concerns about doing conventions and stuff, especially in twenty twenty two now again because you know the the rise of Omicron and all that stuff. Um, so so things are a little scary, and and I don't know. I, I, I think I would withhold judgment until we find out more, but that is a little weird. Yeah, and as a as a consumer and as a fan, do we really need E three anymore? Probably not. Probably um, not. Sony was I never needed it in the first place. <laughs> Consumer electric electronic show for life, bro. C E S C E S. Um and Sony wasn't even there last year. Nintendo does Nintendo Directs. Microsoft's got yep. whatever the hell they've got going on. They they seem to be the yep. only one who's like, Are you guys having an event in a parking lot? We'll be there. Um Yeah, right. But uh other than that, like is it needed? I guess for smaller developers, maybe, but there are already mm-hmm. uh, plenty of trade shows and, you know, indie, indie trade shows and things like that. So whatever, we'll see right. how it goes. And then finally, yep. Josh, uh, the switch version of the shoot 'em up called, and I might butcher this name, but a shadows, E S C H A T O S shadows, a shadows. Uh, it does almost sound like, you know, Spanish has a Spanish flair. Echatos. Echatos. That's, that's, that's not what it is. But uh, it'll launch on the eShop this coming week on Nintendo's eShop for the Switch on January 13th for 27 bucks. Uh, and a PlayStation 4 version is also planned for release at a later date. So, Josh, I have heard nothing but good things about this game. And I've been wanting to what play is it, it for a long time. It is a shmup. Uh, okay. And it builds itself as a hardcore shoot 'em up. Uh, it's so oh, easy to easy and simple to understand rules. All you got to do is shoot, evade, and defend. Uh, simple hmm. scoring and difficulty level settings make it easy for anyone from the first time they play. It's got a shield system. Uh, your ship is equipped with a shield system to protect from enemy shots and allow quick counterattacks. Strategic, strategically choose. Whew, Tongue twister. One of the mm-hmm. three shots available. Front shot, wide shot, or shield shot. Mm-hmm. Three shield g- shot. Shield shot. Uh, three game mood. Three game moods. Three game modes. The original <laughs> classic shooter mode. 
power-ups in advanced mode and race against the clock in time attack mode. So um, I've been so, hearing about this game for months now. It's been out in Japan for a bit, I think a couple months. Okay. Um, and it's getting great buzz. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen well, people cool. call it like one of the best original uh, shooters to come out in like years. Qu- yeah, a shadow, huh? And it's coming out in March. It, uh, here it's coming out uh, this this week. Oh, for real! Yeah. Nice, very cool. Uh, well, just in time for 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 March then for shmuff, yeah. shmuffification. So uh, let's take this opportunity to just give a quick teaser. Uh, Josh and I have some plans for Shmuppreciation Month, and it involves a shitload of mm. streaming um, on Twitch. Shitload of streaming, and uh, every episode in March is going to be shmup themed in one way or another. Uh, yep. So uh, stay tuned for that. I was also thinking we should maybe uh, get pickle friction involved, but uh, we'll talk about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. John is guaranteed that we John is guaranteed that we will play no less than 1000 shoot 'em ups that month. So, Eesh. here we go. That's my guarantee. My guarantee is almost <laughs> yeah, as, but... almost as difficult to pull off as that. So, almost as difficult it is to say a shadow. Biblioteca. A shadow. <laughs> Um, hey, that was actually the second to last final news bit that you had yeah, what's, for this what, week. What, what else you got? What are you springing Starting out? today, GDQ is going on again. Game's uh, done quick. Just started. So here on the uh, the 9th of January, and that runs from today all the way until next Saturday night. So you've got seven straight days to marathon Twitch streams of guys speedrunning games. I have it on in the background right now, but we're recording before the ninth, so I'm not. I'm lying, but I do. While you're listening to this, I am watching Games Done Quick, as should you, because it's fucking fun. It's great. All right, and next up are the new releases. You know, those uh, those little music bits that you're playing are starting to grow on me, man. Yeah, I like those. Two years later? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a while. All right, we've got a few, and two of them are just like ports. So, uh, awesome. Third one might even be a port for all I know. Uh, First up, we've got ports of Monster Hunter Rise and God of War, both coming to PC. So, if you don't have a Switch and you don't have a PS4, you can finally play those games on your PC. And then we have Astroneer for the Switch. Astroneer. That's it. Oh, 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 Astroneer. I thought you said Astroneer. Hmm. All right. That's what I, that's what I was wondering if that was a translation of something like, like, you know, ass is near. I don't know. Hey, man, is it French? Is it Italian? I don't know. I don't know. You're already throwing, (laughs) you're throwing Spanish shooters at us. Espanish, Espanol, Echaos. Coming to you in March for Schmuppification Month. Uh, hopefully Dale uh, can throw us a lifeline here. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Dale for this week's Retro Recap. What's up, Mojo Weekly listeners? Welcome to the first Retro Recap of 2022. This is Dale with all the latest retro re-releases, remasters, and remakes. As always, credit for this goes to GSK from Retronauts.com and LimitedRunGames.com. Let's get to it. There's only one physical release this week, and that is Limited Run's Switch release of Valus the Phantasm Soldier Collection. It collects 
that's the PC Engine versions of the first three games of this acclaimed action platformer series. The music from Valis 3 is this week's background tunes you are jamming out to right now. Limited Run also has a collector's edition available for $90 that has a 4 CD soundtrack, pins and art cards, and the regular standard edition will be going for $40. Finally, Limited Run will have a select Valis Cuts vinyl release this week as well for $50. Moving on to digital releases, Super Pac-Man is Namco's first follow-up to their success with the original Pac-Man is this week's Arcade Archives release on the Switch and PS4 for $8. And with Super Pac-Man, it originally hit arcades in 1982 and has been released in numerous collections since. Super Pac-Man has power-ups that make Pac-Man gigantic and also requires keys to unlock seals for the fruit power-ups. GSK notes this will be part of the upcoming Pac-Man Museum Plus collection that was announced not too long ago and also has a bunch of other Pac-Man games, so it would be wise to hold off for that version instead. A couple weeks ago, I already touched on the satirical fighting game that first hit in 1997, Fightin' Jokes, when it first hit Xbox platforms a couple weeks ago, and now it is available on Switch this week for $20 as well. We have a couple of interesting selections, two edutainment titles from the turn of the century that I was already too old for when they first released. We have Freddy Fish 3, Case of the Stolen Conch Shell, and Putt-Putt Travels Through Time, both for the Switch, both for $15, courtesy of UFO Interactive, and they also both have a first week sale of $12. Apparently, both games are beloved from kiddos of the era that GSK indicates from his write-up, and they both have ties to Ron Gilbert, so there is some legit decent buzz behind these games. So, for those old enough to have nostalgia for them, have at it. Wrapping up this week is Hover Attack 3671 for the PC via Steam for $18, and this was first released on Japanese microcomputers in 1984, and this remaster of this Defender-esque action game features enhanced visuals and a new stage editor. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Back to you, John and Jayesh. All right, Josh, uh, before we go on to uh, the uh, game spotlight, uh, I want to ask you about that Valis collection. Any interest? Yeah. Oh, well, well, hold on. You mean the games or the the, the soundtrack? Uh, either or both. So the soundtrack, definitely. I've heard that uh, Limited Run Games is doing one, but there's also going to be availability for other people to get, like Ship to Shore, I think is one, or the phone company that does those. Um, they're going to be releasing them as well later on, so... Definitely. This fucking Valis soundtracks are amazing game, like amazing soundtracks. However, I have not heard the best things about these, this collection or whatever, this, this kind of selection of games that you can get. They're just kind of the Valis games. And while I do enjoy them and I have nice nostalgic ties to them, they are just pretty good games. Yeah. Valis three being the best. And it's just pretty good. Valis two is pretty shit. And four is, is very good. But again, like they're just pretty good. It's like, uh, yeah. man, you get a Castlevania game collection together, and it's like I'm on board. There's a couple shitty ones here and there, but man, the good ones are fucking amazing. Yeah. But Valis is like, you know, the best ones probably a B minus. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm the exact same way. I have never ever really been into the Valis games. I've been like, oh, they're all right and a little clunky. Yeah, a little stiff. Yeah, not really my kind of thing, but whatever. 
So. I never played. I always saw screenshots of Valus Three on the Genesis, and this is when I had an NES, and I was like, "Man, that looks really pretty." Um, but I, it, it passed me by. And the first Valus game I had ever played was Four on the Super Nintendo. So yeah. then it was like years and years later. Uh, by '94, I finally get myself a Turbo Duo, and I get a Valus Three on that, and I fell in love with it. I was like, "This is really fun," and I could see how if I had played it in 1990, I probably would have fucking loved it. But I came in pretty late to the Valus world, so. Yeah. Valus 3 is my first experience. Uh, well, 4 and 3 kind of were my first experience. And 4 on the Super Nintendo is not as good as it is on the Turbo, for sure. Like, not even close. But, like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, um, a collection of it, the way that I would... It, and, and the only reason I'm kind of, like, meh on the whole thing, because the games are worth having, for sure. They're cool yeah. to play through, whatever. If they had done the... Uh, what's that? The 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 Dragon's Trap or that um, Wonder Boy stuff where they're doing, like, the HD remakes of them. Yeah. If they would do an HD remake of Valus 3, you know, or 4 or something like that, or, or all four of them, you know, whatever, then holy fuck am I on board. Yeah. Because I would much prefer to play my retro stuff on a retro console. So I'm totally fine with going back and grabbing my Famicom or the, or the PC Engine and playing my Valus games. That's about the only need I'd have for that. I wouldn't need it on my Switch, not even at all, like no for reason. Sure. For sure. So let's move on to the game spotlight, Josh. You chose it this week. What do you got? I for the for the first time ever, John's allowing me to choose the game. Yeah, I know. So I got a question for you first, John. Did we make a mistake back in the yeah, uh, early thirty-two bit mistakes. era? We don't make mistakes. I think we did. Okay. I think we did. Oh, I thought you meant because on there's the a show on the show. We've never made a mistake. But... Oh no, no. But you and I and and every all the consumers and, and people out there, we made a mistake. Because there were two games that came out around the same time. Okay. Uh, one was on the Atari. One was on the Atari Jaguar, yeah. which was known as Rayman yeah. on the Jag, mm-hmm. which also got ports to the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation, and, and became this beloved franchise that's still strong today. There's still wonderful Rayman games out there, and yeah. the Rayman games that are continuing to come out, this Rayman Legends or, or whatever the newer ones are called. I'm not even sure they're on the Switch. They're on Xbox. They're on PlayStation. Not everything. Yeah. Um, maybe even the Stadia, right, John? Um, <laughs> maybe. Probably <laughs> they're fantastic games. And the thing about it is they got better as they came out because they're honestly, they're, they're really good games. The 2d games, I prefer them over the Mario games. Yeah. But in that year when the Jag was all look at how pretty Rayman is the Sega Saturn got a game made by Sega called a stall. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looks like you got a little repro. Uh, I got a little repro here. Yeah. It's, it's a repro case. Sorry about yeah. that. But hey, <laughs> Sorry it's okay. You apologize. Like I'm, like, I'm, apologize like I apologize for Sega. <laughs> what you, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, 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 buddy. Hey, pal. What the hell's that? Um, I would say, I would, I would go on record as saying that um, the original Rayman is a very pretty game, and it was a nice uh, way to show how many colors these 32-bit and 64-bit consoles could do. Yeah. But saying the game is fun is a stretch because yeah. it's really not that fun. No, it's it's fucking hard. Um, the graphics are wonderful. The gameplay is clunky. Um, the the hitboxes are clunky. Yeah. Uh, there's a ton of problems with it, and it's interesting because I knew that I knew this at at the time, but I didn't like, you know, I didn't wasn't shouting from the rooftops. But Astal is a fucking great game. Um, it has it has all of the sorry there was like a gnat in my face um it has all of the elements of a game that should be an hd remake today should have plenty of sequels should have tons of games on the nintendo switch and the playstation and the xbox but unfortunately for whatever reason during that time period we chose rayman as the representative of the cutesy like beautiful 32-bit multi-scrolling tons of parallax amazing animations and graphics all over the place 
we all said Rayman's the guy. That's the one we want. And and Astal, we were wrong. I'm going to say it right now. Astal was a better game and more fun. And and everything about it is a better game. Like it's it's purely an excellent game. Um, it incorporates platforming. It has uh, some some brawling almost because Astal is like he grabs things and he like throws things. So like all the enemies are these cutesy like little diamond and jewel case characters. And the the I got I got to mention too here one of our potential listeners um Pickle Friction um he was actually playing it yesterday on his Twitch stream yeah. and it was uh we were kind of bullshitting around w- while he was playing the game and he had never played it before oh wow and I think about 30 40 minutes into it he was saying like how have I never played this yeah. like it's been one of those games that I think most people would say like oh yeah that that one game the weird Saturn game with the with didn't have the title on the label for some reason what the fuck's up with that like everybody knew about it, but but nobody bought it. Like nobody played it so much, and and I wonder why it kind of slipped through the cracks from generation to generation. It just keeps doing it, and Sega doesn't do anything with it. Like this should be HD remake material. This should be something that's on virtual consoles or you know collections like Sega's collection of Saturn games. Like it should be, it should be shouted from the rooftops. Well, and it's well, I mean, it, to be fair. Uh, Sega really doesn't do shit with their Saturn games in general. They don't, right? So, it's true. They uh, don't. I bet you if they had a, a, a sliver of the affinity for their Saturn for Saturn releases that they have for fucking Genesis, we'd probably have seen it a thousand times. Um, Sadly, so, yeah. So that that's kind of like the big thing. Um, I didn't play this game. Probably I didn't know about it at all at the time, um, and uh, I didn't play it until probably like two thousand five, two thousand six. Something like that. I oh, found wow. it. I found it at Midwest Gaming Classic in like just a pile of Saturn games, complete in box for five bucks. And I yeah. looked, I looked at the back of the case and I was like, this game looks beautiful. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna buy this. And uh and yeah, I love it. And and this style of 2D so the the big the big marquee feature on this game is the graphics. Like it 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 yeah, it's fun to play, but it looks better than it plays. And the graphic, it's massive sprites. Yeah. yeah, the graphical style is like it, it represents kind of my favorite 2D graphic style, this big 2D mm-hmm. kind of almost like hand drawn um, stuff. You know, it's just really gorgeous looking. And I love the Saturn 2D uh, aesthetic. So that's that's what I love most about it. The gameplay, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's for me, it's it, like just the look of it. It introduced a couple of interesting elements because there's like the jump in that double axe handle you can do the bad guys you can grab them and throw them behind you you can also jump on their heads and then it also gives you like a familiar that bird that follows around that you can whistle because it's using like all six buttons on that controller it's it's not just jump and super run like it's it's more than that it's more than rayman's like punch with his arms thing um there's a lot to it and and that that is an entire new element of shit because in the games and i know this because i play a bazillion 2d side scrollers you're down to that one life bar left and you are, like your heart's pounding and everything and you're about to go into the boss battle and you're like well fuck i'm screwed you have that you have that familiar with you on your shoulder that bird that's falling around you could do the whistle thing and there might be something in the area that the bird could go and like chip free something and drop a heart down and you grab the heart and you got two now you got two hits left yeah. like there's all these really cool things and on top of that the bad guys can hurt your bird or steal your bird and take it away and then you could find it later so it's almost like a yoshi from like mario world or something like there's yeah. just there's a lot of really cool elements to the game that that I can't believe it. And like you said, the game is prettier than it plays. And I'll admit that it is. But it's almost like, damn, if this game had sold better or if Sega even gave a shit, they could have fucking fine-tuned this, made a sequel on the Dreamcast. Like, imagine yeah. a Dreamcast to stall to. Like, oh, yeah. 
dude for sure i mean and, seriously and so the other thing rayman had going for it i mean it had they, i remember seeing ads for rayman everywhere every single magazine yeah. that i bought yeah that's true yeah the other thing it had going for it was it wasn't stuck on the saturn right it was on like every day that's console. true so yeah, i mean the big system seller was the jag i mean that's definitely <laughs> yeah. where it that's where yeah. it hit first but you could get it was rayman, a jag original you could get rayman on ps1 you could get it on you could on, everything on, on everything you could even get like like lesser ports of it on 16-bit consoles i think um and, and i think that was on the game boy advance too even yeah and it and it came out on uh shit i think they had a shitty port of it on the game boy color too uh, even like like it was i think you might be right yeah it was everywhere yeah so uh, you know, a stall had one platform. It had one shot to get it right. That is true. Um, so there was no way. There's and, with and the, Sega didn't do shit with it. Yeah, they could have. They the could have. We could have seen a stall. With yeah, the sales yeah. Of Saturn in the U.S. No way. So, yeah. yeah, I guess that's but true. Maybe and you know maybe someday Sega will remember that they released the Saturn and start giving us some sort of Saturn ports or re-releases or collections. Something. Anything. I mean, it's 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 such a mess though because like I would play a stall nine times out of ten over Bug, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and, yeah. and Bug got a sequel. Bug got Bug too, and it was just as shitty as Bug was. Like, or, or Clockwork what, what are we Night. doing? What are we doing, guys? Yeah, Clockwork Night too. What are we doing? Like for real? Why? Yeah. I don't understand. Like a stall age, yeah. and, it, and it's a thing too. It, it has aged well. Like yeah. it still looks glorious. It still looks pretty. Um, it's, it's 100% 2d. There's no polygons, not one in sight. And it's many, many layers of parallax. And, yeah. um, dude, shit, if you haven't touched it in a while, it's something to go back to. The soundtrack's amazing. Graphics are good. Um, it is one of those games that I always liked and enjoyed and had a, around and, and I loved playing through it. I played through it. It's very difficult towards the end. Um, but it's, I don't know if I'd say top 10, but it's, it's right there. And it's just yeah. like, people just don't know about it and you fucking need to know about it. Cause it's really good. You owe it to yourself. If you got a Saturn to play a stall. All right. That means my friend, it is time for, as soon as I get my media thing over there for the last question. Oh, not that one. <laughs> <This one. laughs> yeah. I'll get it right someday. What uh, kind of kangaroo court do we got going on here? Yeah, by the I, so we talked about our, our recording software. They got it all fixed for us last last or this past week. Hopefully, knock on wood, I haven't fucking edited this thing yet. But uh, I also was like, hey, while I got you on the horn, can you guys fix your media board so it's not so hard for me to find the appropriate sound clip to play at the right time? Like I can't arrange the yeah. sound clips; they're all just kind of tossed in there in random order. That's annoying. anyway. Nevertheless, that's neither here nor there, Josh. Uh, one of my favorite eras of gaming was the 32 slash 64 bit era. Um, post- my least favorite. Well, here's, really, here's why I loved it. It's was, shit. Was I hate that. They era. Kept, was because they kept like, there were so many consoles. We had the CDI, we had the 3DO. That is true. That we did and get I, a ton. I loved that. I was like every day, some, some other idiot companies putting out a console or yeah. like an Amiga yeah. 32 CD or whatever the hell they called it. PCFX. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to tell me what is your favorite console from that era? And Connor, uh, your least favorite. Okay, I'll say Saturn is my favorite. Yeah, me too. There you go. Number That's one. an easy one. And you know, back number then, one. Back then I wouldn't have said that. I probably would have said like N64 or something, but uh as time goes on, uh, the Saturn is the one that I go back to. Like I, I still I've got one hooked up 
all the time. Yeah. Year round. Yep. I play it all the time. <clears throat> that is something that kids in this day and age do not have to deal with because regardless, and this is just saying as far as mainstream consoles go, this is what you can go to GameStop and you're seeing on the shelves, regardless of which, say you only got $300 and you got to buy one console and your parents are going to foot the bill for the rest of it or whatever, you know, you're getting something for Christmas. You get one console this generation, no matter if you pick the switch PlayStation or Xbox, you will be happy. Yeah. Like you might be bummed because some of your friends aren't gaming with you online or whatever, but you're going to have an insane amount of games, no matter which direction you go in Yeah. during that 32 bit slash 64 bit era. There was a very good chance that you could completely fucking ruin your life. Yeah. I'm not kidding, John ruin your life. Oh, as as a former as a Jaguar owner, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, My friend Paul Paul Filio, oh, sorry, I'm naming names. Filio, he, yeah. they had a Jag too, and they were like immediately regretting it. And I'm yeah. like, Mm-mm. yeah. And they were. The Would you even consider the Neo Geo part of that era too? Sure. Is that kind of uh, yeah? It was around maybe a 16 bit. bit era, but um. So, what's your least favorite of the ones you played? Of the ones you've played. So, like, if you haven't played, like, the Amiga 32 or whatever, you can't... I've played an Amiga 32. It's pretty good. Amiga 32 is really interesting because you can just basically slap any disc in it from uh, the Amiga 1200 computer era, and it'll play it. Or at least it plays, like, 60% of those games. So you've got hundreds of games to play from. Um, This is going to sound crazy to you, but I know what my least favorite is, but I still love it. Is that weird? I don't know. It's the PCFX. Yes. Okay. It's... It's, it's, uh, it's library is honestly, it's got a lot to do with me not being able to speak or read Japanese very well. Um, so there, there's part of that there, but if you look at the games and you look at the capabilities of the console, it's, uh, other than the FMVs, it looks, the FMVs look wonderful on it, but you know, three, three DL could do FMV CDI could do FMVs, maybe not as well as PCFX, but it really looked like a regular PC engine with a slightly better FMV card. Like it could play full motion video really well, but that's about it. And I've played a lot of PCFX. It's always a mainstay. It's sitting in my living room right there. Um, it's uh, it isn't good though. Like the five games that I enjoy on it yeah. are pretty mediocre at best yeah. games. Yep. The 3DO's got a ton of good games. Um, the Saturn's a billion of them. PlayStation uh, Jags even got a few good ones. Um, yeah. More than the PCFX. Uh, you're, you're like listing off literally the shit consoles of that generation. The CDI. That's now I'd say the CDI. But I think there are some pretty good games on the CDI. I would I would much rather play Dragon's Lair, Dragon Dragon's Lair, or um, what are the, some of the other FMV games they got on that, or like the Zelda fucking hilarious Zelda games on it. Yeah. Like Mario, there's already Mario Hotel Mario. Mario Hotels, not terrible. Uh, Burn Cycle was on the CDI too. That's not terrible. That's a good game. All right. Um, I think you got Seventh Guest. Like a lot of those games that are just. Meh, Mist, I think, was even on it. Yeah, Those right. are already that's already more games that you can play on the PCFX. Like that's already more. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're good, and I'm not saying the CDI is any good at all because it's not. Oh, it's even got an awesome Tetris. Tetris on CDI is badass. Um, I have it. I'm still. I have it up there. I'm still gonna roll with the CDI. Um, okay. Because uh, what's that great action game on the PCFX? Oh, fuck. Um, the side scrolling. Oh, Zenki, Zenki FX. I think Zenki's better than anything on the on the CDI. I don't think it's great. I think it is a very good game, and it's very pretty. It looks like a um, a, it looks like a 32 meg Super Nintendo game. Yeah, like it's um, big sprites, pretty colors. I just love the spectacle of it. That's that's what draws me into that one. Um, Zeroigar is a shitty, or not shitty, a mediocre schmuck. No, 
it's like a I think it's actually pretty good, but it is it is middle of the road. Like yeah. it's it's pretty good. And then like Chip it's Chip it's like as good as the best Valis game. Yeah, and then Chip Chan Kick is is not as good as Parasol Stars, but still okay. It's uh, the yeah, it's like the only one. Uh, and then I mean, you can't forget Pia Carrot, right? You can't forget there. There's a, there's a fan translation of Pia Carrot. And, oh, I uh, found all the endings on that one. Spank, spank. Did you? <laughs> The All happy right. endings. Yeah. On that note, uh, that's it for us. Let's, uh, let's get Thank the fuck God. out of here before we implicate ourselves. Um, so yeah. if you want more of our stuff, you can go to uh, mojomenace.com where you can find the old uh, uh, DG Radio episode where we featured uh, Pia Carrot. Give it all to me. Uh, you can also find links to our forums, our Discord chat, and our merch store. We can buy all sorts of cool shit. Uh, other than that, you can find us on YouTube. Klaus and I just put out a new video this past week, a little Mojo short. So enjoy that. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Mojo Menace and all the social medias you can find us at Mojo Menace. Josh, where can they find you? Well, if you'd like to continue the conversation with me about how you can get yourself a free pair of 3D glasses, I'm doing, giving them away on Twitter. You can always at me at underscore Joshua Turbo. Don't forget the underscore as it is the most important underscore in all of the internet. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Eat the tacos. Come eat the tacos. Eat the tacos. Come eat them up.